All right, welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Garen Emig and Bill Haston, Tulsa World Sports columnist with you, and happy uh, belated New Year to everyone. Thank you, no matter what time of year, for reading our work and even joining us on this uh, multi-platform uh, voyage we're on. You can catch us doing videos now on a weekly basis. Bill and I will have one. I'll be joined by Eli Letterman and Eric Bailey for others. Kelly Hines on TU, Barry Lewis, Mike Brown on preps, high school sports. Uh, and if you, uh, if you want to catch the audio version only, the audio from this, uh, this uh, exchange that Bill and I have will become a podcast as well as the Tulsa World continues ex expanding its global media empire. Um, Bill, uh, good to see you again. It's been a while since we've spoken. Feels like about, uh, gosh, 10 years happened in the span of 10 weeks in 2021 with everything that went down related to, uh, to OU, OSU, and, and TU, uh, as well as Oral Roberts when you consider the Sweet 16 basketball run. Um, you and I are going to talk a lot about current events moving forward. We thought we would launch our, our 2022 venture with a look back, though, because it was it really was the I thought 2020 was unique. And I, I think 2021 topped it just in terms of sports value. Uh, right. Is there is there one story that stands above the others in, in importance, if that's even possible? Well, first, I would say, Garen, that in my mind, anyway, uh, I've been at the world since 1990. I would say that 2021, with regard to a variety of big ticket stories, was the most newsy year we've had in this market since 94. And I would, I would, I would obliterate our time here if I recounted everything that happened in 94. But trust me, it was unbelievable. There'll never be another sports year in Oklahoma like 1994, ever. Yeah. Uh, and 2021 kind of resembled it. And uh, I mean, it, 94 was the last time that OU had to hire a men's basketball coach and a football coach in the same calendar year. We had that this year. This year began uh, on January 6th, uh, 2021 anyway, uh, began on January 6th with the Capitol incident, yeah. which led to Southern Hills getting a major championship eight years before we were supposed to get another major championship. Yeah. Aaron, that is going to have a $144 million impact on the Tulsa economy on the heels of the shutdown when all these restaurants and hotels and a lot of businesses are still scrambling to recover from the shutdown, right? So you talk about manna from heaven. Um, so, uh, and, but, but from there, I mean, ORU Sweet 16 run, the midsummer, uh, obviously OU Texas uh, to the SEC was just a... a just seismic just uh, to right. me the big, to me the biggest story of the year um uh, and then it went on ORU uh, absolutely as a 15 seed to come within one inch of going to the elite eight one inch that's how much Max Hastings's shot missed there at the end against Arkansas uh and then go through and then football in yeah, the football season was crazy big yeah. speed dominating uh oh my goodness uh the Caleb Williams Spencer Rattler situation uh, the Texas game, the OU Texas game, deserved its own theme music. <laughs> <laughs> it's a documentary. It wouldn't take a lot of editing to get a heck of a documentary just from that game. Yeah. I mean, so, uh, and then of course all the wildness there at the end, and and the bedlam win for Oklahoma State and the twelve win season for Oklahoma State. Uh, right. Yeah. Heck of a year. Wild. It's, year. Yeah. I mean, headlines become footnotes, and you're like this. You you didn't mention, and I it's and it's not a slight because of everything else that happened, but. We had to fill out our own personal top tens to to send into the corporate uh, before we, uh, you know, because we're doing what we're doing as a top ten year in review for the Sunday edition of the world. And 
they listed suggestions, and I, I think I came up with about 25 or 30 others that, again, are, are almost footnotes that any other year are easy slam dunk top 10 stories. Okay. I mean, you you could even you could even throw uh, TU sort of crawling back from the dead to make to win a bowl game in there somewhere. Not to mention contract extensions for the head football coach and athletic director, the two most prominent figures of the department. That mm-hmm. that also happened. I think I think it was this year. Yeah. Well, that, and, or, or Paula Mills at ORU got an eight-year extension. Right. Off of that Sweet 16 run, and you had leadership transitions at Oklahoma State with. Casey Shrum. That's right. Chad Weiberg, <laughs> uh, Burns Hargis, Mike Holder at TU. Rick Dixon gets a three-year contract to, to stay as the athletic director. Yeah, it's immeasurably important for, for, for the University of Tulsa. Uh, you cannot overstate the importance of that for TU. And then a new president with Brad Carson, who is said to be a very athletics-friendly president. Massively yeah. important at TU. So you're, you're exactly right. I mean, Porter Mosier getting hired at OU. I mean, he's one of the top coaches in the country, and yet, you yeah. like you say, a footnote. Yeah, uh, you. I think I heard you say it just a little bit ago, and I want to. I want to step back to that. You the the two. I, I guess because of uh, of the uh, in particular the OU football monsters, we term it. The things that stand ab- above the rest are the co- the the transition from Lincoln Rally to Brent Venables toward the end of, of OU season. And then OU's in Texas, a pending transition from the Big 12 to the SEC. Uh, you, you, did I hear you say you, you think the, the conference realignment is, is above the, the football coaching change? Oh, ab- yeah, 100%. Uh, I, I think Brent Venables was uh, the easy, obvious go-to guy on the successor for Lincoln. Now, I, mean, I mean, you could write books and make movies about Bedlam Weekend alone, just the game itself. And then, what, 14 hours later, it becomes publicly known that Lincoln is headed to California. Uh, I, I thought Brent Venables was the obvious target uh, for Joe. And I thought it would happen a little quicker than it did. But but still, I mean, I, you know, I, I think what they'll end up having out of that, Garrett, is, is a, uh, a culture change with regard to physicality. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I mean, Lincoln obviously was – uh, the go-to guy in the country for elite quarterbacks. But, you know, it's like they're going to be okay at quarterback. If Caleb Williams stays or goes, they'll be okay at quarterback. And, and OU football ain't going away. And, but, but with regard to the conference change, it, it has such a massive effect, obviously, on the Sooners, but also on Oklahoma State. Right. These other teams in the Big 12, college football as a whole, college athletics as a whole, uh, now, the, the, the one – I mean, obviously, we all, on uh, the day after Bedlam, you know, when, when we found out about Lincoln, everybody's jaw drops. But but in what happened in mid-July was uh, – yeah, that, that was even in – well, no, in the, in the mid-'90s when all the conference stuff happened, that was a big deal. And right. then years ago when the Big 12 fell apart, that was a big deal. But, but for the Sooners and the Cowboys, if we're going to localize this, for the Sooners and Cowboys to split and go to different – be in different leagues, um, yeah, that, that's a massive story. Well, and there's even trickled out. A long out. time to come. I mean, I mean, it's – Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh, and yeah, and there's, there are financial implications that are much longer term for everyone. And, and you mentioned the trickle down to OSU in terms of what the Cowboys do in the reformed big 12. 
the trickle down eventually reaches Tulsa because now the American Athletic Conference has to be reformed. That's right. If you're Mike Oresco, which it, it, it will be, I'm still not exactly. You asked me right now, I couldn't name the every team that they're bringing in. I mean, that's uh, uh, you. So you, yeah, you have tentacles of this of, of what happened late uh, last mid to late July that that uh, we we won't really truly grasp for another few years until everyone settles into their new home. And then about the time that happens, of course, it'll probably start up all, all over again. Um, how about, let me ask you this in terms of what happened this year at, at Oklahoma State. Uh, I, bigger deal that Mike Gundy had the season and OSU had the season that they did, or again, uh, are we talking farther reaching in terms of the administrative transition to Chad Weiberg and Casey Schrum? Well, we haven't even mentioned the NCAA clotheslining Oklahoma State basketball. <laughs> that, that also happened. Another footnote. Uh, uh, the bigger story, uh, well, I, I think especially now, you know, it's so interesting, Garen, because Chad Weiberg took over that position as the athletic director, succeeding Mike Holder after Mike had been in that job 16 years. And then two weeks into his job, two, two weeks into yeah. that job, Chad Weiberg gets clotheslined. Yeah, news that Oklahoma uh, is, is headed to the SEC. So, um, I mean, obviously, in the moment, the the football season is important and, and it sustains or enhances even a little bit Mike Gundy's position within the university and gives him more leverage. Uh, you know, and and you know his legacy will include you know uh, this twelve win season and a great. The whole Notre Dame biggest win of all time in school history, and eh, I'm not on board with that. But you're not. to argue with Mike Gundy, who's more invested in Oklahoma State football than anybody has ever been or ever will be. But uh, the bigger story for Oklahoma State, big picture-wise, is what's going on with the conference uh, shakeup and OU's departure. Uh, mm -hmm. I, the, the Bedlam home football game every other year is the number one component in, in revenue generation for Oklahoma State, number one. And you're about to lose that. So how do you make that up? You don't make that up. Maybe you make it up in multiple pieces somehow, some way, but you, you, there's no one game or one, an opponent on the planet that you can plug in and play that game and have it replace Bedlam. Can't do it. Mm -hmm. You sell your whole season ticket package based yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh in terms of feel good and feel bad, and again, these are things you brushed on already. I, I'm trying to figure out different ways to, to sort of present what we're talking about here. Southern Hills getting a, a PGA major on the year after getting a senior, or you're not supposed to call it that anymore, but a Champions Tour major. Um, that feels wonderful for reasons that are obvious for, for sports fans and golf fans in particular, but you mentioned the economic impact for, for, for our city. Uh, and on the opposite end of the emotional spectrum, is it, is it uh, what happened to Mike Boynton's program right before the season kicked off and, and get, having essentially any, any shot at a, at a postseason, which is, which is what anyone plays for in college basketball, which really is the season, and suddenly being told that's not happening? Are those the two extremes from what we've been through this year? Hmm. That's a uh, – hmm. if we could extend this through the month, month of January and 
and then see what Caleb Williams ends up doing. That, that <laughs> would be on that extreme reaction list. Yeah, that It'd could be happier or deflating. Uh, no, you know Tiger Tiger Woods was here in 07, Garen, for the PGA Championship. He wins the thing. He shoots a 63. Uh, gallery crowd. The gallery attendance figures were off the charts. Great weekend for Tulsa. There's about a $70 million impact on the economy, Tulsa economy. And here we are 15 years later, and the projected impact, like I said, is $144 million, more than double what it was. So, you know, it, it was just, you talk about right place, right time. There were already boots on the ground with the PGA of America here to prepare for that senior championship. And a great deep-rooted relationship with the PGA of America going back decades. So it became, you know, when the PGA of America, like, was in a, we've got to find a replacement now for 22 because you don't just, you don't decide that six weeks out. I mean, you need all the time you can for planning right. and sales and all of it. And Tulsa was the obvious choice. So, like I said, man, just one of the all-time pleasant surprise with regard to being a lucrative deal, uh, at, at the at a time when the city of any city in this country or this planet could use a hundred and forty million dollar uh, shot in the arm right now, and right. we to get it because of the circumstances at the Capitol a year ago this week. Um, so no, th that was just a, a shockingly pleasant surprise. And you got Phil Mickelson coming in as the defending <laughs> champion. That's right. That's right. I mean, if you want to, like, if we were going to go set up a shock index on this whole year, I mean, it'd be hard to top Mickelson winning at 50, a major championship. So you got Mickelson coming in. You got a very, uh, 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 a, a world, uh, a globally consumed event right here. Um, and, yeah, it, it was a, uh, I, I still kind of marvel at it. And I've written about it a hundred times and I still think, wow, we, you know, it, cause there was a, like a real tempered celebration when they said, okay, Tulsa, you get 2030 on the PGA championship. And everybody's like, yay, it's 10 years off, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, you, you want to be in the rotation, but 10 years off. And right. Then, right. Here we go. It's, it's, we go from 10 years off to, to the countdown in an instant so yeah. here we go and it's here in four months 